So before we get started, I, I wanted to have a talk, talk to you about, it might be a rumor, but I prefer to think of it as the cold hard truth. Okay. And that is Walt Disney, his final words on his deathbed, do you want to guess who he told them to? This this is like oh, 86% fact. 86% fact. Okay. So... I mean, I guess not directly to his brother. I'm not. I'm thinking no. it's not a Roy Disney thing. Um, hmm. Like this is what I've been told. This this is true. It's just I haven't verified it, so yeah. I don't want to say for sure. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Just allegedly. 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 Yeah. So, um, who? Kurt Russell. Pardon? Kurt Russell. His career started out with him being a live action Disney actor. In the 70s. Really? Um, yeah, Disney kind like a, of... Like a park cast member or something no. like that? Or? Um, so in the 70s, they kind of moved a little bit away from animation. They still made animated movies. Sure. But they also spent a lot of time focusing on live action movies. Um, Weird. I, I wasn't really aware of that. Yes. They're awful. Um, they're not very good. What, can you give me some, some examples? Yeah. Or? So the original Homeward Bound came out in that time period. I didn't know that the 90s Homeward Bound was a remake. Yes. It's not... Okay. It's not. I've watched it years ago. It's not as good. The animals don't talk. It's just like you're following these animals through the woods. It's very boring. That yeah, that um, sounds terrible. I want to say Parent Trap, but it might not be. No, I think it is. Oh, I think it's Parent Trap. Okay. Um, it's it's a lot of movies. I think like that darn cat. <laughs> yeah, which I've definitely watched the I think '90s remake with Christina Ricci. Because I didn't know that was a remake either. What the fuck? <laughs> Your whole childhood's a lie. Why? <laughs> they're, They've been doing this forever. <laughs> they're. I don't know why they were financially successful. They're just not very good movies. Sure, sure. Um, and I, th- I think like two thousand leagues under the sea, maybe twenty thousand leagues under the sea. No, two thousand. Two thousand. <laughs> you know me in numbers. Lever two thousand. Lever two thousand leagues, leagues under, under the, the sea. sea. <laughs> this is the first bit of native advertising in film. You joke, but there's a lot of propaganda in, oh, in the script. Jesus. Uh, uh, so, so little Kurt Russell, baby Kurt Russell, was the person to hear Walt Disney's dying words. This is eighty six percent fact. It's I, honestly, it's probably like ninety one. Ninety one. Okay, yeah. we got five percent yeah. bump here. Yeah. Uh, uh, what <laughs> he has not said what they are though. Interesting. So what I'd like to propose is that we we throw some options out as okay. to what it could have been that Kurt Russell heard. All right. What are you thinking? Um, so the first one, it's like, Kurt, Kurt, come here. I think, I think Bernard von Braun might be a Nazi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Gee, you think, Mr. Disney? <laughs> I'm, Kurt, Kurt's a nice guy. I, I think he was probably like, no, 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 it's all right. Well, it's all right. We all, all of us already know that. We already, we already know. We already know okay. he's a Nazi. <laughs> Just... You gave... Uh, like a, a week-long special to a Nazi to talk about outer space, but like... Sure did! Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. The only reason we got to the moon before Russia was... Werner uh, von Braun. Werner von Braun. Um, or it could also have been... Kurt. Kurt. 
Yes, Mr. Disney? Mickey Mouse was supposed to be a squirrel. <laughs> now, now, we yeah. know that can't be it. Why? Well, because remember, he had Oswald the Lucky Rabbit yeah. before... Oh, are you, or are you saying that whenever he was developing yeah. the mouse, no, that he, he wanted, was actually he trying, wanted a no, he he wanted was, a squirrel. He was trying to draw a squirrel, but mm-hmm. fucked up, and yes. everyone said mouse. And he's like, "Yes, and <laughs> he just he just rolled. <laughs> yeah, with it. couldn't um, figure out how to draw that tail, right? And the last one's not really so much a, like a secret revealed. Okay, so much as just like something he has to get out of, off his chest. And, and I think it kind of went like like this: like Kurt, come here. <laughs> I'm an actor. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I've ever had a death scene. <laughs> Kurt. Goofy is a dog, and so is Pluto. But one wears clothes. But why? <laughs> <laughs> so even he, no, didn't he doesn't know. know. He, doesn't know. he, he has, has no idea. No idea. No. Oh he, my God. he went to his grave having no idea why Pluto... And Goofy are both dogs. They're both dogs. But one's anthropomorphic and the other one is just I, I, a dog. I don't care. I I don't care if there's ever actually been an explanation for this. It's unsettling. It is deeply <laughs> fucked up that they did this. Um, the, Walt Disney has a lot to answer for. But <laughs> That's especially cheap that. <laughs> oh, Christ. Uh, welcome to Durazzle, the podcast that takes award-winning worst films and fixes them. I'm host Jack Colbertson, and here to suffer alongside me as always is Joe Neelis. Hello. Today we're going to be doing something a little different. Today we'll be covering what many consider to be the best worst movie of all time. Yes. Troll 2. Now, this is definitely not in the normal purview of our uh, of our work. Uh, I guess we can consider this like a second unit kind of deal because of that, but who... I don't know, somewhere in between, just because the Razzies do not go after oh, we'll get to that. indie films specifically, I but... Guess- I was gonna, the, the, no, this one I don't know if you would call it an indie film because it, it is an MGM film. It has like studio backing. So yeah, it has weird studio backing, but it's also like I don't know. Like, they don't. They might have picked it up for dis- distribution. That might. Yeah, that might. That might just be it. However, unlike other films we've covered that have won Worst Picture at the Razzies, or at least been nominated, or at least we, been nominated, we, we've done nothing but trouble, which was nominated. Yes, Troll Two slipped by unnoticed. So why are we covering it? Two reasons. We wanted to cover spooky movie for spooky season. Yes. And like, we're a bad movie podcast. Like, how could we not cover this at some point? Seriously, it, it it's too, it's, it's too iconic for us not to talk about in some capacity. Yes. So that said, we will not be fixing Troll 2 as we have with previous movies. No, there's no doing that. No, we'll be adapting it. Aha! Imagine if you will, that Troll 2 is not only a terrible Italian-American made film, from the early 90s, but a beloved children's story handed down generation to generation. Imagine if you will, it's 1952, and this story has landed on the desk of one Mr. Walt Disney, a man with a penchant for taking fairy tales and spinning them into animated gold. Imagine if you will, <laughs> Walt Disney made Troll 2. Joe, are you imagining it? I'm trying. I'm struggling quite a bit. Uh... So Jack pitched this idea to me, and I, my mind blue screened. I think <laughs> that's fair. Yeah, yeah. It. I'm. I'm genuinely. I'm genuinely excited and terrified to see how this is going to work. I kind of imagine it's what it's like whenever the power goes out. There's like four seconds after the power goes out, where your brain's telling your eyes are telling your brain like there's nothing there. Yeah. 
and you're like, you know, there's no power, <laughs> but there's there's a communication loss. There is. Uh, yeah. You have you have to you have to continuously remind yourself for a few seconds, like, oh no, the lights don't work. Yeah. Would you like to guess what its IMDb score is? God, do you think for how many times I looked at this IMDb mm-hmm. that I would I would have that in my head, but I don't. Um, I'm gonna say it's like a like a one point two. It's very generous of you. Uh, <laughs> two point nine, actually. Oh, yeah. Wow, that's the opposite of generous of me. Then, yeah. Um, I don't know how it got that. Audiences are forgiving, and plus, this movie does have the cult following. Like, I'm not surprised that there that there are some reviews that yeah, are bumping that's, it off. That's true. That's true. I would probably give it a solid one point seven eight eight. Eight repeating one, yeah, repeating. <laughs> like it's almost a one point seven eight, but it's <laughs> it's not. Uh, what do you think the general general score is on Rotten Tomatoes? Like a three, pretty close, pretty close. Oh, really? Five, five. Okay, yeah. I almost you know I almost said that. I should need I need to remember to go yeah. with my gut yeah. on these things. Uh, the audience score kind of blew me away. So what is the Rotten Tomatoes audience score? Like a 57. Not not quite that. Not quite that. Um, 44. Which is I, it's I, so I'm high. not that far off. No, you're not. I which was is within amazing. 15. Like this movie is really, really bad. Like I cannot stress to you how bad it is. Um, if you've never watched Troll 2, just A, do yourself the favor of watching it because it's free on YouTube. Yeah. With ads. Um. It is a singularly terrible movie. Like, if you've like, like on par with the room. Um, actually, it might even be in a class of its own beyond the room. I'm not 100 percent sure. I've never seen the room. This kind of how because I've been told to watch it with a friend. Oh yeah, you have to watch yeah. it with people. Yeah, absolutely. I will watch the room with you. Okay, we'll, we'll make we'll, it. We'll make it. A we'll thing. get Emily and Vince to come watch the room with Perfect. us as well. Emily will always watch the room. Um. The, this movie, Troll 2, kind of was always told to me as the worst, best worst movie of all time until The Room came along, and then that kind of took the throne. Yeah, that's. I think that's fair. Yeah, they're they're definitely they're definitely on like on a on a their own planes. I think above everything else in yeah. terms of best worst. If you haven't watched Troll 2, the easiest way to kind of understand what's going on Oof. is to look up just the meme uh, of of a gentleman in glasses. I don't. What's the exact the, line? It's like, oh my god! Right, but it's, it's like before. It's like they're gonna eat her. And they're gonna eat and me. And then they're me. Oh my god! Yeah. And the close up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As he's screaming in this voice. And, and they're complete. He's like completely sincere in his acting and his performance. And the, and the dialogue is like that was not supposed to be funny. Uh, and that's this whole movie. Like it's it's meant to be a horror film. Well, maybe a horror comedy. There's some parts that like the it's, director's admitted. Yeah, yeah. The director has a. a has stated there are parts that you're supposed to laugh at. Yes. And, uh, which, if again, right along with the movie being free on YouTube, the documentary Best Worst Movie Ever is yep. also free on YouTube. So watch the movie, oh then God. watch the documentary. And um, it's, it's its own trip. It is its own fucking trip. Holy shit. Because it really documents not only, like, the perceptions that the cast and and the fans have of the film, uh, and its, like, rise as a cult like midnight viewing phenomenon. Um, But it also really delves into uh, just how much the director doesn't get that it's not a good movie. 
because uh, he specifically mentions a number of times, like, no, they laugh at the parts that they're supposed to laugh at, but they also laugh at the parts that they don't, that they're not supposed to laugh at. Yeah. Like, it's not, it doesn't make any sense. Like, these, these people don't know what's good. And he's gotten kicked out of at least one of the talkbacks. I'm not surprised. He he gets kind of confrontational with, yeah. the, with the cast and crew about it. Like, so let me, let me attempt to summarize this movie. So while, I'm going to restream the script. Uh, so while the summary still has my usual razzle-dazzle spice, the actual <laughs> plot points and plot holes are not exaggerated. Yeah, this is going to feel like Jack making jokes about like the Avatar going for cigarettes and not coming back, but it's actually, right. I swear to God, the honest to God like truth of the plot of this movie. It's probably tame, honestly, compared to the film. Probably. All right. <clears throat> Troll 2, a movie that is not a sequel and has absolutely nothing to do with Troll 1, opens on a Peter Pan-looking motherfucker running through the woods. The omnipotent voice of Grandpa Seth narrates the scene to a yet unseen little freckled boy, Joshua, his grandson. Bargain Bin Robin Hood <laughs> is being pursued by goblins. He takes a tumble only to land at the uh, in front of a gorgeous young woman, freckled, each drawn on with a makeup pencil. Notably. <laughs> Obviously. Yeah, they're like massive freckles. They're like smudged on. It's yeah. ridiculous. She has like six freckles that take up her whole face uh she feeds him a bowl of chunky pastel green pudding oh god moments later streams of green sweat pour from his hairline we learn that the fair freckled maiden is a goblin in disguise and the tasty snack has turned peter pan into a plant vegetarian goblins arrive to feast on a man turned chunky goo yeah uh grandpa seth insists that trolls are real just before Joshua's mom arrives to say goodnight, we learn that Grandpa Seth has been dead for six months or however, and that, according to the rest of the family, Josh needs to get the fuck over it already. <laughs> Next, we meet Holly, Josh Joshua's sister, getting swole as fuck. Yeah, she's like lift, just lifting weights. There's like a lifting weight mini montage. Uh, her boyfriend, Elliot, arrives only uh, along with three other nerdy buds. Elliot sneaks into Holly's room. Holly accuses him of being a homosexual because he spends all of his time with Brent, Arnold, and Drew. She warns that if her father catches Elliot in her room, that he will eat the young man's testicles. Well, I think the exact line is he'll cut off your tiny nuts and eat them. That is correct. It, yeah. That's a real line. That's yeah. an actual line that was written for this film. That's how teenagers talked in the early 90s. Yeah, don't you know? American teenagers. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he agrees to go on vacation with Holly, leaving his bros behind. In order to prove that he is in love and heterosexual. He likes liberated young women, damn it. <laughs> Something they repeat. Yeah, he says that a couple yeah. times, I think. We're the liberated young ladies. Uh, still, when the fam leaves for vacation the following day, Elliot is nowhere to be seen. For reasons. For reasons. During the drive, Joshua is made to sing Row, Row, Row Your Boat before passing out. <laughs> he, what's that called when they start, like, it's a round. Uh, they, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. They, they start, uh, like one person will start, and then after like the first part, another person will start. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. They, yeah the family does a round of uh, row, row, row your boat until he just kind of passes out. It's b uh, bizarre. Yeah. Um, he survives a nightmare where he is turned into a tree and eaten by the titular trolls that are actually goblin, goblins and not trolls. There are no trolls there, in this film. There are no trolls in this fucking film. Upon awakening, he hallucinates that Grandpa Seth is a hitchhiker alongside the road. Saying he needs to puke, he rushes to Ghost Harbinger Grandad, who tells him to stay away from Nilbog. He fades away to reveal a thirsty-looking hobo in place where Seth, uh, Grandpa Seth had stood. Which, like, 
it's it, which the guy just kind of thinks that he's being offered a ride, and yeah. the kid just kind of bewildered gets back on the van, <laughs> like, gets ah. back in the van, yeah. and just like it's just left that way. Like nobody, no one actually offers this guy a ride. He's left there. I think I, I think he's in like the background of one scene later when they probably just were like, "Hey, anybody who's here, stand in the background." Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Um, uh, they arrive at Nilbog, where the house swap, where they house swap with a Nilbogian family that looked like they've just came from rehearsal for Fiddler on the Roof. Did you notice that? It's like they're the only people that are dressed like almost newsies, and then the rest of the fam, the rest of the people kind of like dress like early '90s conservative. I don't know, because, like, the dad's wearing, like, flannel, isn't he? Maybe, but the kid's definitely wearing, like, a vest and, like, pants with cuffs. Anyway. Yeah, I guess you're right. Tevia and fam. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sticking to it, sticking damn it. With it. You're gonna, okay, this will be the runner. <laughs> uh, Tevia and fam left dinner for the weary travelers. Uh, Nilbogian cuisine consists of uncooked Boston cream donuts with green icing, red apples, clear green, and r- clear red drink, and... Joshua's warm piss. You see, Grandpa Seth appears, freezing time like Zach Morris, and tells Joshua that if they eat that shit, they'll become um, they become trees, aka goblin food. Goblin food, yeah. He do- uh, how does he do this? He pisses on the fam's food, which is very effective. It needs to be pointed out though that he has like an inordinate amount of time to just walk around the table yeah. and like take in the scene as his family is frozen in time. Never really explain how that even is possible. Like, Honestly, like the look on that actor's face is my favorite because he looks like he's like, I don't want to do this. Yeah. <laughs> I really don't want to do this. Ugh. After Joshua's father finishes scolding him about pissing on hospitality and t- tightening his belt to fight off hunger pains, we cut to Elliot and the boys parked just outside of Nilbog and at Winnebago. These totally normal American teens slam Mountain Dew and watch a 1983 Italian comedy called Grunt. Exclamation point. Where a monkey is propelled into the sky by a rocket coming out of his ass. Nice. Yeah. Arnold goes out for a cigarette, only to see a half-naked woman, her clothes shredded, running through the woods, clearly in distress. So, of course, Arnold runs after her in hopes of having one of those sexes he's heard so much about. (laughs) Instead of fucking, he too is chased by the goblins to a house in the woods where goblin druid leader Credence Lenore Gildegood... What a name. Descendant of the Stonehengean people. <laughs> I don't know. And who looks like, uh, it kind of, she kind of looks like what would happen if like Victorian England had a hot topic. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's a uh, good descriptor. <laughs> uh, she tricks them into drinking steaming hot goblin juice. It's really like dried ice in a cup. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, the unnamed girl becomes plant pulp and is consumed by the goblins while Arnold becomes an internet meme. Venetry. Oh my god. Yeah, that is the oh my god moment. Yeah. I will say the effect of her like melting into it's goo pretty is pretty good. Like that was like, that was that was an effective visual and disgusting. Yeah. Um I honestly like that's gross having the goblins shove it into their face with like fingers that don't articulate. And mouths that don't really move very well. It's just like smearing the green on their faces. I hate it. (laughs) Honestly, like the low quality of the goblin costumes makes it so much more disturbing. (laughs) Senile Grandpa Seth's ghost appears in the wrong mirror, interrupting Holly's flash dance routine. This is amended when Josh volunteers to switch rooms with his sister. With nothing to eat in the house besides chunky milk, Joshua and his dad go in. Yeah, I know. Uh, his dad go into town for some food. At first, the town looks vacant. However, 
after discovering that Nilbog is goblin spelled backwards, thus validating Joshua's lunchtime water sports, he discovers a vegetarian black mass in a rundown barn. Josh spies on these evangelical, evangelical vegetarians, hate yucking hot dogs and bacon. Literally, the, he's like, I'm bacon! <laughs> yeah. Uh, only to be caught by, like, a really fucking tall priest. Yeah, the guy literally just reaches his hand through the ceiling where Josh is, like, spying on yeah. them. Like, grabs him by the shirt collar and drags him down. Remember that whole sequence, though? He's, like, sitting there watching them, and you yeah. see his, like, his skateboard that he was that he brought with him is, like, very clearly sitting on the very edge of a slope. And, like, you know yeah. that's going to fall. Yeah. You know, you can see that. Also, we you, can see you've that. only had a skateboard for this one scene and one scene only. Yeah. Uh, so the congregation tries to force feed Josh ice cream. But his father sees that, and he's like, no, 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 no ice cream for my no. son. Um, the thing that's lacking out of this summary is that, like, the the father is played to perfection. Um, he's just, like, the most over-the-top, douchey... <sighs> it's really hard to describe. He, like, the dad, yeah, like, the character of the dad is, like, this kind of hard-ass... Yeah. Like by the book, yeah. Like rule, like kind of overbearing father in a number of ways. And the mother's kind of reminds me of like Shelley Duvall a little bit, especially in like The Shining, Shelley Duvall. Yeah. Um, but, but like we what... don't, we also don't get a whole lot of her to like no. give her any kind of depth. But like <laughs> but... the father gets all these like angry threats, but it's it's goofy as shit. So we're like, you can't piss on hospitality. I won't allow it. He he goes for it. Um, he, that's the thing is that George Hardy is so earnest in his performance and is apparently just like such a great guy yeah. in and of himself that it's just like, like you can't help but like enjoy him. Yeah. Yeah. Even though even though his character is an asshole. <laughs> even though in the documentary you see him go to like a horror convention. And oh, my he is God. Absolutely disgusted. Yeah. The, the, the level of, ju- of like judgment so coming judge- off of I mean, him is like painful. Holly meets up with Elliot at the Winnebago. Apropos of nothing, she punches Elliot in the mouth and demands that he choose between her and his Mountain Dew half-naked snuggle buddies. This pissed me off so much. <laughs> it makes no sense. Uh, Elliot, Elliot chooses the path of the righteous, becoming a well a welcome part of the nuclear family, leaving behind a life of sin, Mountain Dew, and bare-chested boys. <laughs> Seriously, the, the sexual homosexual undertones are wild. I don't know if that was like meant to be, but... Probably... Yeah. They go out of their way to make the make to like, to make a crack about him being gay. Or yeah, early the, like early in the movie, I'm I would not be surprised if they're continuing just to kind of play around with that because haha, gay being gay is funny, right? And just like, and I'm I pretty sure know. they're drinking Mountain Dew just because they didn't want to have them slamming beers. I mean, yeah, but um, gross. Trying to brush the whole ice cream incident under the rug, the entire town of Nilbog throws a surprise party for the fam. Joshua oh runs God. upstairs to see if Grandpa Seth is still hanging out in the mirror. Instead, he's attacked by a goblin dru- attacked by goblin druid leader Credence Lenore Gildegood in goblin form. Yep. Uh, Grandpa Seth becomes uh, corporeal. My brain froze. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's. I mean, I can understand why, considering what like, the the process of this movie playing out yeah. makes no goddamn sense. So the fact the, that he... the words on on this paper mean nothing. Uh, so he becomes corporeal just long enough to chop off this goblin's hand. Yep, uh, which looks like plaster. Yeah. <laughs> um, she fucks off home, returning to her human form, and she like oscillates between what sounds like pained screams and like a banshee orgasm. Yeah. Um, while holding her bleeding stump. Uh, it might be my favorite part of the movie, honestly. <laughs> 
Because just when you're like, okay, she's going to stop screaming. No, she just keeps going. <laughs> she, she just, just, keep re- going. She just re- renewed vigor. It's the like family guy running gag. Like just the like going too long joke. I don't know. The, like the, uh, like the, the, uh, Peter spraining his knee or whatever. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, Grandpa Seth fires off some fire based puns, then gives Josh a Molotov cocktail. Like you do to a child. Like you do to a child. They try to torch the goblin priest, but he catches it. Then Grandpa casually mentions that a buddy of his from hell has taught him how to throw fireballs, which he demonstrates. <laughs> that sentence is not exaggerated. That's, no, that's, that's what, what happens. Happened. Um, also, if you knew how to throw fireballs from the beginning, why, why didn't you, know you just do it? Why uh, did you need a Molotov? Right. The Molotov explodes, and when the smoke clears, we see the priest's true form, a charred goblin. Unfortunately, the town of Nildog is strong with evil, which sends Grandpa Seth back to the Shadow Realm. For reasons. For reasons. Pissed for, like, all kinds of reasons. <laughs> Goblin druid leader Credence Lenore Gildegood uses magic to become a MILF. With her... <laughs> <laughs> Tell me I'm wrong. Uh, <laughs> with her fresh cleavage and a, an ear of corn, she seduces Elliot's last living friend. Once the pair reach first base, a crew off screen throws... Uh, showers them in hours old popcorn until the the boy dies a virgin. Yep. I swear that popcorn is like being fired from cannons or something. Like the bursts of it are just... I'm just imagining like... What a scene. Our friends who've worked in movie theaters with those like big garbage bags of popcorn (laughs) just like shaking it out off screen. Um, (laughs) The Nilbug Sheriff tosses a sack of burgers onto the porch, then fires a shotgun in the air to trigger signs of life. Uh, which is how I will now announce my arrival to anyone's house. <laughs> Fuck doorbells, give me the, the McDonald's dollar menu and a boomstick. <laughs> Thanks for inviting me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was a big sack, too. Uh, yeah, a lot of sandwiches in there. This was like 20 bucks a dollar cheeseburgers. <laughs> uh, fam holds a seance to reach Grandpa long distance. Instead, they get the, the, they get the old switcheroo, Josh for Goblin. Fam gets chased around by goblins while Josh and Grandpa lay hands upon the magic Stonehenge portal stones or some shit. Yeah. Um, I got nothing. Uh, Grandpa uses the last of his ghost magic, gives Josh a book bag, then fucks right off. Surrounded, Josh escapes the goblins by opening the book bag, revealing a bologna sandwich. A vegetarian's Ugh. only weakness. It is, it's like... Watching somebody else eat a bologna sandwich. It's like three full packs of Oscar Mayer bologna. Yeah. It's a lot of bologna. It's an uncomfortable, gross amount of bologna. But he has a, it's he has also, a child mouth. He can't even... No. <laughs> I mean, I can't. I couldn't. No. Nobody could. That's too much meat. He takes a bite, terrifying the goblins. His family arrives... They all touch the yeah. I have, I have no idea. They all touch the head uh, Stonehenge, which kills Credence Lenore Gildegood and her goblins. They win with a mixture of cold cuts and the power of goodness, which is something they actually say. They won with the power of goodness. Uh, yeah, I think they did actually say that, didn't they? Yeah. God damn it! After an awkward drive home, everyone goes their separate ways except for Joshua and his mother. She removes an apple from the refrigerator, eats it, takes a shower, then turns into plant goo. Or more accurately, Nickelodeon Gak with mozzarella balls for tits and sculpted cheese nipples. That was the thing. That, like, So we watched that girl early in the movie mm-hmm. just completely dissolve into goop mm-hmm. that is then eaten by the goblins. Why 
why is his mom's torso still like a part of it? Like, it's clearly like a mannequin body yeah. just covered in this goob just so they could get some boobs in there yeah. for like whatever reason. There were no boobs at any other point in the movie. No, it was just right then. And why and I guess we got some cleavage, but it's fine. Yeah, but the, but the, that's like, <laughs> And she is not a sexual creature either. Wait until the end of the film to do that with the main character's mom. It's just when they when he goes in the bathroom, he opens the shower and, and it's, it's like covered, covered in goo. In goo. Like, Actually, that was kind of effective. Yeah, you could have stopped. You there. could have stopped there, uh, but instead he has to come downstairs to. And how did she get there? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I got one line left. <laughs> Josh screams at the sight of his nude mother. Goblins devouring her like the cougar flavored delicacy she is. The end. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that. Uh, that brings us to the end of Act One. Bless you. Um, how how are we feeling about Troll Two? Oh, um, I mean it. It feels so much worse when you just say yeah what happened because like, it just really emphasizes like how little reason there is for uh, for anything, and also just makes it really easy to like kind of gloss over points because yeah. like we we completely skipped one of the friends even in that in that description because yeah, he like, like a shopkeeper yeah or he ends up yeah. yeah he ends up going to a general store and ask and like asking for food yeah. and like he, and all all they can give him is this chunky weird milk yeah yeah and i think he ends up going to see i think arnold he tried one. yeah he he finds arnold in a tree planter yeah. and tries to like drag the planter out with arnold just kind of standing <laughs> right. there and it's like this is ridiculous uh it it it's a it is a spectacle to behold though it is it really so like unlike oh. Rocky Horror where I I happily watch it every oh year, yeah this this is being tr- they're trying to make that happen with this as well or like look you can watch Troll Two every every Halloween I'm like I don't ever want to see it again <laughs> I watched it twice I'm good yeah I I don't know like I feel like I would watch it with friends like it, it's it's Again, it's on a similar plane for me as The Room. Like, I'm not going to watch <laughs> yeah. this by myself. If I I'd can watch Rocky Horror by myself. It... Maybe. I have and I will again. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> but, like, I, I, yeah, like, I'm not going to watch this by myself. I would prefer not to pay to watch it. Which and... is great. Thank you, YouTube. Yeah, thanks, YouTube. Uh, yeah, but it, it's, um, yeah, it's definitely worth watching with like the right group of people so that you can all like, you know, enjoy the spectacle together cuz I mean, that's that's the best thing about bad movies. You should watch it at least once. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Great. Well, when we come back, we're going to talk about the Disney half of this adventure. <laughs> uh, Good so Lord. hang in there. Get yourself some I want to say popcorn, but also maybe not yeah, popcorn. Maybe we not already popcorn. saw what happened with that. Uh your clear red drink. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, no. Mm-hmm. Enjoy your red drink. Enjoy your red drink. We'll see. We'll we'll be back in a moment. Uh, so we we talked about what goblin or goblin. Gob- <laughs> I wish. Uh, it would make more fucking sense. Goblin Just... two. Even Goblin two would have been better than Troll two. Even if there's not a Goblin one, it's fine. Like that, that <laughs> said, like, and I'm kind of surprised nobody said this during the documentary, but there's a Italian horror film called Zombie Two. Um, oh really? Yeah. Which, in and I could be completely wrong. So let me know, horror fans. Um, <laughs> so when I think it was the original Dawn of the Dead came out in '78, it was released in Italy as Zombie. Okay. So when they made the Italian-made film, um, I think it was it was 
Fulci again. It just keeps coming up today. He does. Um, he made his own movie, Zombie. They just called it Zombie 2 in Italy. Okay. Um, which is maybe more difficult, uh, confusing, because we called it just Zombie over here. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> just the, the levels of translation and in yes, yeah. error. And it, it's, just, it's Zombie, bonkers. like, no E at the end. No, it's Final Fantasy 4, not Final Fantasy 2. Oh <laughs> Speaking of... Wow, over overcomplicating things. I think it was like uh, Final Fantasy three was actually Final Fantasy six. six. Yep, and then Final Fantasy two in the United States was four. four. Yep, yeah. Um, and I love them all. Uh, so yeah, like it it doesn't make sense, but it also sure sure fine. Like I'll 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 take it because at least I can I can track how that happened. Yes, this however. It has nothing to do with troll. Nothing. I, and like the cast and everyone like talk about that whenever they go on their yeah. like to like to viewings and to um conventions and yeah. stuff. They talk about like, oh no, no, it's not related to troll one at all. They like, address it to the director. Like somebody in the audience like does a QA and they ask the director, they're like, there there are no 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 trolls. Trolls in, in Troll Two. And like, why is it called troll two? Translators no like talking to him, and he's like, uh, "You're stupid. You don't know." Yeah, you don't. You don't understand. <laughs> you don't anything. understand anything. Yeah, like that's not an answer, bud. Um, but now we're going to talk about something much, much nicer: uh, the wonderful world of Disney. <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah, let's walk walk me through like your approach here. Yeah. So this this is a lot of pages, but it's not. It's just it's a bunch of lists. Um, so, I, I can see it. Yeah, this this is mostly lists. It sounds like it's going to be a lot in terms of like actual paper and yeah, script. Yeah. It's it's not. So I broke up the, and they're like Disney historians. So I'm going to bastardize it in in comparison to like what they would have done. But like sure. m- m- making it like simplifying it for our, our audience and us, um, you can break the Disney animated films down into eras, right? Uh-huh. So the first one would be like the golden era. And that starts with Snow White and the Seven Dwarves and ends with Bambi, which okay. was in 1942. And that is Walt Disney basically reinventing how animation is made. Like, I cannot stress to you how gorgeous those movies are, especially compared to, I mean, they didn't even, they, there were no other animated movies. I mean, yeah. Probably I, mean, I like, mean, Snow White was the first animated feature, yeah. like literally. As far as I'm aware, there might have been some like foreign ones, I'm not aware of but like okay, fair that's as far possible. as i know first animated feature everything else before that were like little short cartoons that would play in front of a feature film a live action yeah. film before you would see the film pixar um, shorts before there are pixar shorts. right right he almost bankrupt disney to make this movie uh and like he had, he had like pride out of his hands because he was still like tinkering with it yeah up till it being released he was very hands-on with it, yeah. Yes, yeah. These earlier ones, he he really was. That's like Pinocchio, Fantasia, Dumbo, and then Bambi. Fantasia in particular was like his yes. baby. Yes, Yeah. And it bombed. Yeah. Um, which is wild. Um, that also terrified me as a child. Yes. Yeah, oh yeah, the, the was it right the spring or whatever? The dinosaurs dying? Yeah, the dinosaurs dying yeah. and like the giant like... Um, oh, Chernal Bog. Chernal Bog, yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Uh, the, the demon segment. Um, with with Chernal Bog. I think it's a Russian monster. Something, something like right? that. Yeah. I wouldn't uh, be surprised. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, we're getting aside, we're getting uh, beside ourselves here a little bit. So like uh, amazing, amazing stuff. He they invented new machines. You can in in Snow White specifically, you have uh the first plate you can see like the trees, and then there's like a second plate where you can see like the water, and then there's like a third plate that has like the action. You have yep. like, the the house and stuff. Um 
except for like honestly like all the jokey shit they don't have it all the other stuff they have like those those multiple um there's depth to it huh uh like when the the seven dwarves are like we gotta wash our hands do 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 yep it, i'm like this this feels like a cartoon that would go in front of a movie sure um whereas the stuff with like her evil stepmother um her her and the huntsman like that stuff is really gorgeous um yeah anyway anyway second second era um it's the the wartime era so that's between 1942 and 1949 and that would have been world war ii which again almost destroyed the disney company yep they they were um rationing film and and a bunch of other things that they needed to make movies there were animators that were drafted sure uh so the way that disney was saved was through propaganda yep the american government asked disney if he would make movies that promoted uh south america being our friend because they, oh i didn't know that's mm-hmm. where it started okay yes they the united states government was concerned that south america might become communist um so like okay we're gonna make because like nobody in I mean, the United States really had any idea about anything about South America. Yep. So they made uh, they made two kinds of films during this period. They made uh, movies that promoted South America, and they made um, not anth- well, I guess like anthology pieces. It's just like here's a musical number from this and this and this and this. We're going to combine it together and make a feature. Yeah. Uh, so you get, oh god, the one I watched all the time as a kid. It's called The Three Caballeros. Yeah. Um, which was like, it was cool. It was, it was also a bunch of shorts, but it had like Donald Duck and. There was like a rooster and a parrot. Yes. I think it was a Cuban. Um, I I think I just watched that recently. Or, no, actually, I think Becca and her friends were watching that, and then I got back from work at the tail end of it. But Do you you know how to say this? Because I don't want to screw it up. Let's see. Saludos Amigos. Yeah. That was the first one they did. I haven't seen that one. Um, And then for the the, uh, kind of anthology pieces, you have like Melody Time, Fun and Fancy Free. I haven't seen this. This era I know like nothing about. Um, I've seen like the adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad. Oh yeah, uh, it's, it's fine. Yeah, they, I guess they were both supposed to be features at one point, and then they're like, we don't have the money or resources, so like shrink them and we're gonna slap them together, like you do, like you do. Yeah. See, when I think about like Disney's propaganda era, mm-hmm. like my mind immediately jumps to that Donald Duck short uh, that like what oh, makes yeah. a Nazi. Yeah, and I'm sh- like the reason Disney survived is because it was getting paid. By the government. Oh yeah. So I'm I'm sure that's there as well. But as far as like the full length features um and it's weird because like disney walt disney he was a man of his time um which, which is to say he was racist yep but him going to south america and and experiencing other cultures firsthand he was not racist towards south america huh it's weird almost like exposure to other cultures kind of like is enlightening and it's funny how that works huh yeah. what was that thing mark twain said Milk, milk, lemonade. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Mark, Mark Twain, noted, noted, uh, pee pee poo poo joke man. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> uh, so after that, you get the silver era. Things are back to normal. Um, things are going really well in the United States. Um, it became more musical focused. Mm-hmm. Uh, it starts with Cinderella and it ends with Jungle Book. And this is also. Oh, Jungle Book. Yeah. Yeah. God, I love Jungle Book. The, the, these are the last of Walt's movies. Yeah. Before he passed. 
the, these are the movies I was raised on before you get to the Renaissance. Yeah. Uh, so it's Cinderella, Alice in Wonderland, Peter Pan, Lady and the Tramp. I didn't really watch that much as a kid. Um, Lady and the Beauty. Tramp was that era? Yeah. Oh, I thought it was later for some mm-hmm. reason. Okay. Um, 101 Dalmatians. Excellent. Sword in the Stone was their, their stinker. I actually liked that. I watched that just recently. And, you know, I, mm-hmm. I, I, I can see how it wouldn't have maybe done well all the time, yeah. but I, I love it. I watched it. Pr- I, I forget who I've talked to about this, but like Arthurian Legend bored the piss out of me <laughs> i don't know why like i think we talked about because we saw green knight and i was yep. like i don't understand anything about this yeah um i just remember merlin and i think there's some like magic fucking squirrels something like that yeah uh and then the jungle book um like any any of those you can see there's a lot of music in it they went back to like innovations like trying to like reinvent how they they did film how they painted film mm-hmm. you especially with uh 100 wild animations it's not rotoscope but it's like rotoscope really where they have um they were if you look at it you can see that the artist drew in pencil right mm-hmm. and then they inked or they they put the color right on top of the pencil so you're actually seeing you're skipping the inker phase right yeah because i i know like, there are a bunch of movies in that mm-hmm. era where you can see a lot of yeah. those pencil lines yeah. coming through in the uh in the finished product which, which i love i yeah, yeah i've always enjoyed that it's just such a cool like process artifact to yeah. see come through it, like, it, it almost adds to the magic for me it's just like knowing yeah. like oh no somebody really made that happen like and i've mm. seen um more recent video not video releases but like home releases have tried to like scale back on that like erase a little bit I'm sure like, don't, don't no. please um or at least like if you have to do that can you give me like the option of seeing the original version for real take 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 a take a note on that one uh mr lucas yeah <laughs> it's way too late for this i understand you have been lost but yeah yeah i just want my unfucked around with star wars can you imagine <laughs> i can't i can't at this point it's uh so it's far too late <laughs> So we'll, we'll breeze through these next two eras real quick because we're not really going to talk about them too much. But you have sure, the Bronze sure. Era from 1970 to 77. Um, that's Walt has died. Um, the experienced animators, like the, I think they're called like the, the Ten Old Men or the Eight Old Men. They were like the holy council of art animators who like were there from the start. They either start retiring or they also pass off. Um, so in order to make money, they started making taking shortcuts. Um, and they, this is also when they started focusing on those live action films. Right. So, so this is when you have your young Kurt Russell. Yes. And fuck, I forgot one, I forgot one gag. Oh yeah? Yeah. We're going to, we're going to do it right now. Yes, Mr. Disney. When I'm gone, tell them my body's frozen in a refrigerator. That shit's going to be fucking hilarious. <laughs> 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 anyway, I'm a professional. Uh, this is like Aristocat, Aristocats, oh, Robin Hood. That. Also deeply racist. Uh, Aristocats? At least, oh, at least that one scene. Uh, I've only the, seen like one. The, uh, the Everybody Wants to Be a Cat musical number. I hate that song, yeah. Yeah, there was the, the, the really... Uh, uh, yeah. You know, yeah, it just came Never to you. Mind. Yeah. Um, you have Winnie the Pooh, or The Many Adventures of Winnie the Pooh. Love it. And The Rescuers, which I, I really like. Um, I enjoy The Rescuers. It, it very much has a feel of that era. Um, also the only movie that actually had nudity in it. Wait, what? There's like all, there's all those rumors that like 
animators would sneak a- nudity into a Disney movie. Oh, right. Yeah, all mm-hmm. the stories about how like there's like dicks in the background yeah. of like, yeah. Little Mermaid yeah. and stuff like that. None of that's true. Of course. Yeah. Um, there are only two incidences that people have been like, oh, that's actually, that's what that is. And this is one, the this rescue, is one. The so rescuers is one yes. of them? Yes. Um, there's a scene where they're on top of the seagull pelican. I think sure. It's a seagull. He's a seagull. Yeah. Um, and he's going down the side of the roof to gain speed so uh-huh. he can fly. And they're zipping past the um, uh, uh, skyscraper windows. And in one of the windows, there's a little tiny naked woman. <laughs> it's like a little, really? Li- yeah. Huh. Um, and they didn't they didn't catch it for a while. Like I think the very first video release, which is the one I watched, like I paused it. I'm like. Yeah, yeah that is a very, it. very tiny, naked woman. You see her, like, breasts, and that's it, but it's, it's there. Huh. Uh-huh. And then the, the cover of Little Mermaid, the original VHS cover, there's definitely a wiener in there. It's <laughs> it's definitely, like, that's a penis and not a tower. Right, um, but, not, but not in the actual film itself. No, no. Um, so that's what that era shall be remembered for, that w- 0.5 seconds of nudity. Mm-hmm. Uh, then you get the Dark Age. Um, so they... So the, those last five movies I've talked about, those were still Walt had still like had ideas about them or like had t- talked like I wanted to do this with Robin Hood or I want to do this with Winnie the Pooh. Um, they're out of his ideas. Yep. Um, there's a lot of infighting over like who's in control of the the company, um, and the animation studios specifically does not have the support of um, the higher ups. The higher ups. So you get like the Fox and the Hound, Black Cauldron, the Great Mouse Detective, and then Oliver and Company. I love the great mouse detective and not just because it came out the year i was born uh like my sister and i would watch that all the fucking time like we like that is one of those it VHSs. Scared me. That, yeah it yeah radigan's fucking terrifying toward the end there yeah like, it is yeah i know i greatly greatly enjoy that movie i i do want to watch it again but i it, it was scary like it was also one of the first animated movies to incorporate cgi uh huh. big ben Oh yeah, that makes sense. Yes. Um and then Oliver and Company it, it is it is part of the dark age, but the people that would go on to create the Renaissance had started to like fiddle with it. Well, some of them point. worked on um, Great Mouse Detective, Great Mouse yeah. Detective as well. Like that was kind of like the the, the mm-hmm. beginning of the end of the dark age of the dark yes. ages there. Yeah. Like, like that, that was where the spark started to come back. Like, oh, there's something to these movies. Yeah. Even though like you go back and you watch some of those and like they're like they you know, they don't, I don't think they deserve some of the derision that no, they got. Like, I haven't watched The Fox and the Hound in a long time. It was enjoyable. But I remember, like, yeah. it's sad as hell, but... Oh, yeah. Um, the Black Cauldron's the one that's, like, that's the mark. That's, yeah. Um, which, technically, like, they had been hired at that point, but that movie was done, and they hated it. I think, like, 10, 15 minutes were cut off the front of it. Really? it was too scary. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, I've only watched it once, and I was like, yeah, it's a little too dark for a Disney movie. Uh Okay. I think Roy Disney specifically was like, this is garbage. I wouldn't be surprised. So, but then moving on from that, then we have the Renaissance. Renaissance. Yes. So that's when you have Mike Eisner kind of becoming in charge. Um, well, along with Jeffrey Katzenberg. Katzenberg is a yeah. part of it at this point. Yeah. This is pre, pre-DreamWorks. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and they, they, they put what, out. What a, Jesus. <laughs> go on. Yeah. I don't actually know much about, I know a lot about Mike Eisner. I don't know a whole lot about Jeff Katzenberg other than they ended up hating each other. Yep. He, Jeffrey Katzenberg was promised a position once that person who currently held it um, either retired or what actually happened is he died in a helicopter accident. Yeah. Uh, and, and Mike Eisner didn't give it to him. Yep. So for our purposes, he was in charge of the animation 
department. And that's when you get the Little Mermaid, um, the Rescuers Down Under, Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin, the Lion King. My favorite. Pocahontas, the Hunchback of Notre Dame, uh, Hercules, Milan, and Tarzan. It's a long period. Uh, yeah, it would be, there's a lot of excellent fucking movies in there. And even the ones that are kind of subpar still have their, their merit. Yeah, um, they still have their charms. But that's that's when they brought in Broadway writers. Yep. Um, they were more character driven and like Eisner had his hands in, in, in the pies. He, he was heavily involved. Yeah. yeah. There was, I, I, I know there were a lot of animation, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Not inventions, but innovations. Yeah. Yeah. I just don't know what they were exactly. I know there's like more CGI. Like I remember watching. A... Yeah. Increased use of computers as opposed to like pen and pa- uh, pen and paper or pencil and paper, which it's weird. Cause I, Maybe I'm rem- remembering wrong, but I remember watching The Great Mouse Detective, and I didn't notice the CGI at all. No, but, I had no idea. Uh, Beauty and the Beast. I'm like, oh yeah. Oh, there, are, oh yeah, there are moments of that where it's like, oh yeah, no, you. This is absolutely done with yeah. a computer. Um, same thing with Aladdin, though. I didn't notice really any CGI. Maybe a little bit with the early on with the, like the Cave of Wonders, yes. like the, the just the giant like panther head, yeah, and, or yeah. whatever. Like, yeah, that that's pretty obvious. But a lot outside of that mm-hmm. is like not obvious at all. I don't think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so after that, you get to the experimental era. Mm-hmm. Uh, God, there's so much. There's so much history between Disney, Pixar, Apple, and DreamWorks that, yeah. like, I could do an entire. We could do an entire series Good on. Lord. That. <laughs> uh, there's a there's a great book I've been reading called I think it's just called Disney War, and it covers the title. Yeah, it's it covers like Mike Eisner's first day in office until like all the shit that happened. Because uh, um, the reason Pixar even exists is because who who's the guy? Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs, yeah. Gave them money to go. Yeah. I believe in what you're doing. Here's a bunch of monies. Um, I want to see what you do with it. And that's how Pixar was created. And uh, Disney had a deal with Pixar to make X number of movies. And then they didn't like re-up or, or whatever. Um or Pixar was just like, nah, you guys like they wanted they wanted Pixar to do a bunch of sequels like Toy Story and Cars and and you know none of that ever happened because they didn't get bought by Pixar at any point or they didn't get bought by Disney. I'm lying. I was I was gonna <laughs> say like, what? Huh? No, there was a there was My a brain. <laughs> no, there's a period where like um, Pixar and Disney split and Pixar was right. doing something. Yeah, and then they were eventually. It wasn't that long ago because then you got like a fuck ton of Cars and. Toy Stories and fucking cars. Um, they actually because I think it was, I don't know. I think it might have been after Eisner left that they brought on Bob Iger. Well, yes, but uh, Lasseter. Oh, that's when John Lasseter got yeah. brought into Pixar. They, they brought him into Disney uh, Animation. Okay. Uh, until he, I think he was the most recent dude. Honestly, I think he was part of the revival period until uh, it came out that he was being a naughty naughty boy. So anyway, you get the experimental period. That's where you got like Fantasia 2000, um, Dinosaur, The Emperor's New Groove, which is actually pretty cool. I do. Like I that. love The Emperor's New Groove. That movie rules. And I'll, I'll stand by Atlantis, The Lost Empire, too. Like, I also, cool. yes. I Yeah, that movie's incredible. And, and Lilo, Lilo and Stitch are also good. But then you have like Treasure Planet, Brother Bear, Home on the Range. Uh, uh, Treasure Planet, I will also stand okay, by. I've that never mo- seen that one. Yeah, no, I, I, that, I've watched a couple of times in the past year or so, and it is definitely worth it. The... This era is categorized by them focusing more on tech than story. That's, I think, a fair characterization. 
and then we're not going to deal with, we're not dealing with that era but we're not going to deal with this next one at all either and that we're we're currently in the revival era uh so that's like we're now comfortable with cgi we're not just like focusing on that solely we can do that but we can also they also brought in like former musical elements uh and you get like the princess and the frog tangled um winnie the pooh wreck it ralph frozen big hero six moana zootopia ralph breaks the internet which i've not seen that, it's frozen. not good i i love Man, i love, love wreck it ralph yeah. wreck it ralph is absolutely fantastic that sequel's bad it's just it's just yeah. not good so those are the eras i'm gonna now read uh to carry us out of act two i'm gonna kind of read us why how this all ties together Okay. <clears throat> we're going to focus mainly on the ages where Walt was alive, uh, with a bit of the Renaissance, because that's when you and I were growing up. And that's also about on par with where this movie came out. Yes. Yeah. Um, that is because the tropes of the Disney princesses uh, differ greatly between the Golden slash Silver Age and the Renaissance Age. Um, Absolutely. I, I, I wanted to watch one from each of the eras. So I, I watched Snow White again. And I watched Cinderella again. I didn't get a chance to watch Little Mermaid, but I, I, that one's like, I remember that one pretty well. Sure. The most obvious difference is that the Walt era princesses were the protagonist of their story. That's Snow White, Cinderella, Aurora, uh, but incredibly passive ones, um, literally taking a nap and waiting to be saved. Yep. Uh, the princesses of the Renaissance age were active protagonists kicking ass, sometimes winning the day. Um, Snow White and Cinderella are victims of their surroundings. Ariel chooses to fuck around with Divine. I mean... Ursula. Uh, <laughs> Accurate. Yeah. Uh, Mulan joins the army. Jasmine. Jasmine didn't choose her situation, but she's not about that shit either. Like, no. She, she's definitely like, nope, this isn't happening because I refuse. She um, fights back. Yeah. yeah. Uh, other tropes include uh, being trapped somewhere miserable, um, being one with nature. People are jealous of your beauty. Th this one specifically we're going to talk about a lot. The streamlined story, which is like keeping that shit simple. Yes. <laughs> That's a uh, must. Yeah, you have like rag, rags the riches stories, and then you have like princesses are dainty, fragile things. Uh, so we're going to take these like principles, these tropes of the Disney era, and make Disney's Troll Two. And we will treat you to that bit of uh, that bit of noise in just a moment here. Welcome back to Drazzled. We're going to take Troll Two and do what Walt always intended to do ever since he. Laid that secret on little baby Kurt Russell. The actual last words was, make a troll too. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, so we're going to take Troll 2 and, and Disney-fy it. And not Trolls 2, which is what I've been... I've been proud of you. You have not said Trolls 2 <laughs> once this entire well, time. We had that, that very confusing text conversation where I was like, oh, let's do Trolls 2. And you're like, what? Why? <laughs> yeah, no. You said trolls too at first, and I was like, what are you talking about? No, the one with the with Justin Timberlake and, and like, Anna no. Kendrick and the McElroy brothers. Like, I'm what? so confused. Um, <laughs> is that supposed to be based on those like little? Yeah, it's with the, the like, little the like troll. Yeah, it's little troll dolls oh, with the gem I, belly buttons. I hated those. Yeah, no. In these, in these, they are pop musicians. God damn it! Well, well, <laughs> song time and happiness. People are gonna have like. Years from now, when archaeologists are, like, digging through our <laughs> shit to try to figure out our cultures, and they find these fucking collections of, like, T.Y. Beanie Babies and goddamn trolls, they're going to be like, so what did they worship? Yes, actually. <laughs> yeah, actually, kind of. Um, 
God. Insert okay. meme of couple splitting up their T.Y. Beanie <laughs> Baby collection at, a, at their divorce proceedings here. Can you imagine being the lawyer that day? Oh, my God. Um, Scott, our, our other part of our Raving Speed company, um, when he first moved out to Portland, he did he would do what are those like the pre-trial stuff deposition deposition that's what it is yeah he would like record the depositions and he's like they were uh they were the most boring things in the entire world except for like every once in a while he'd be like so this happened (laughs) (laughs) um but can you imagine being like the guy at the deposition recording this being like Wait, what? Wait, what? <laughs> you're just, you're gonna oh, these can I chime in for a second? You're what? <laughs> <laughs> that That is a video I take home with me. Keeping. <laughs> this is for the personal collection. Uh, all right. So now that we have an understanding of Troll 2 and Disney, let's create Disney's Troll 2. Uh, so the way I, I didn't know how to approach this for a long time. I was, I was like, this is I, uh, like, how do I take the Disney formula and like cram it up, like make the turducken that is um, Troll 2, Disney Troll 2. And then I remembered something I had as a kid. Which was a VHS copy of Disney's Christmas Carol. Okay. Uh, which took the um, I'm draw- I'm forgetting his name. What's uh, Dickens? Dickinson? Dickens? Charles Dickens. Charles Dickens. Yeah. Uh, Christmas Carol, Scrooge, and Bob Cratchit, but recast them with Disney characters. Yeah. Uh, so you had like Scrooge McDuck was obviously Ebenezer Scrooge. Right. Uh, Goofy was fucking Ebba, uh, Jacob Marley. He was. Yeah. That's right. And Mickey was Bob Cratchit. Mickey was Cratchit. Yeah, yeah I remember that. Uh, and I, was it Bluto, one of the ghosts or something? I think that's Pete, right? Pete. It's, that's what I'm saying. It's basically yeah. Bluto yeah. as a dog. Um, he was the ghost of Christmas yet to come. Yeah. No, no wait, was it? Christmas past, I Was he Christmas past? I think you may be right. Yeah. It's, I haven't watched it since I was Cause, like, Yeah, because Christmas yet to come was still death. It was just still, I'm still pretty death. sure, yeah. yeah. Uh um jeez so so i took that and i was like okay so we're gonna almost like muppet christmas carol this but with disney uh so here's here's the cast here's the the recreated cast so we're gonna start with josh our lead um originally i was like maybe i'll just make him like alive he'll be like one of the only live action characters kind of like okay with muppets sure but instead i was like but what about pinocchio what about pinocchio oh i also gave myself the stipulation that since walt is making this I can't use anybody after he passed. So like, they're only only Disney characters. Okay, so this is something that like so so you you you'd pitch the idea of this being like a folkloric thing that's yes. just been passed down through yeah, the yeah, ages. Yeah, yeah. So so like this Cinderella. is like like a dream project For of Walt yeah. that he's been that he had in the works uh-huh. and had very clear guidelines for yes. how he wanted it done. So there so even though this is coming out in 90, they're adhering to those standards yes. for Walt. Yes. Okay. Um so Pinocchio, Josh. Okay. Uh, now I'm there's a, a couple of original characters. Okay. Because it's, we had to make the Disney formula, and in the Disney formula, there are much more. Um, there are animal pets, like animal sidekicks. Yeah. Of uh, so for Josh, I created Fugly the Friendly Goblin. <laughs> <laughs> uh, specifically, so we didn't mention this in the. The outline, but there's there's only like two, maybe three kinds of masks that all the goblins wear. There's like the <laughs> actual like, I, the I, know scary exactly, I know exactly what fucking goblin you're yeah, talking well, about. How could I? How could you not? Because <laughs> uh, there's like the actual like scary looking goblin, and there's the one with the giant there's eyes. giant eyes that just looked like it saw like I don't know something <laughs> incredible behind the dumpster. <laughs> like it could do that. Uh, 
So it, I it, know it, people could bend that way. Really ugly. Um, so that that is Fugly the Friendly Goblin. Um, who, who is and that's n- n- named by Michael Eisner out of his <laughs> ire for having to continue with this fucking project. Uh, specifically embodied by the White Rabbit. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I wanted that manic energy, kind of nervous yeah. energy. There's a bunch of other characters in like the Renaissance era that would have been better. Um, like Pain and Panic, kind of have that that Pain vibe. and Panic. I mean, especially you get a Bobcat Goldthwait in there oh voicing this character. Mm. Uh, but like White Rabbit's kind of like the proto version of that. Oh yeah. Um, for for Michael, Joshua's father, you have Donald, <laughs> and for uh, Diana, Josh's mom, you have Goofy in drag. <laughs> I don't know if I mentioned this, but like Goofy is my of like the gorsh, gorsh. Grandpa Seth's been dead for six months. <laughs> Just. So of like the original characters, Disney characters, like Goofy's by far my favorite. He's great. He used to they used to do these like almost like how to videos with Goofy, which like <laughs> now and they had like a like a nineteen sixties kind of like deep voice demand. Like and now we're gonna enjoy skiing. Yep. And and Goofy would just like fuck it up. <laughs> of course, uh, and of course I he loved would. it. And then he, but he like the thing with Goofy is he he knows when he fucks up and he just like smiles really big like oh no, where I go again. God, I love him. So he's going to be playing the part of the mom. Uh, for the sister, I had a really hard time for the sister because it, these are like the golden and silver age. So like there aren't that many female characters to begin with. Sure. Um, so I went with, uh, and this is how I know the parent trap was a Disney movie. I went from, uh, I went for both twins. They're just switching out between scenes. Um, both played by Haley Mills. Haley Mills. Okay. Uh, so, you know. Uh, and then for Grandpa Seth, I originally was oh, if it's, it's Pinocchio, so we'll go with Geppetto. Geppetto feels like it would make sense, right? But, but because of the kind of like um, forgetfulness mm-hmm. and general like not understanding how things should go, I went with Merlin. Ooh, uh, okay, Merlin's fun. Yeah, yeah, I think I just like. I think that also lends a little bit to his, like, I can do batshit stupid things that don't yes. make any goddamn sense yes. in this world. Yeah, I, I wasn't necessary, but, like, uh, that's... Uh, uh, for for our main villain, Credence Lenore, Guild to Good, um, it's, I went with Corella. Oh, that's that works. Corella, except for when she turns into a MILF, then it's Maleficent. I knew you were going to say that! <laughs> okay, yeah. Right, because Corella is pretty gross. Uh... <laughs> But Maleficent didn't get it. All that smoke. Yeah, yeah. Just that and, acrid green smoke. Uh, and, and if I could have, I would have given, it would have been Yzma. Like, it has, like, a big Yzma <laughs> energy to her. Um, she also gets a Disney sidekick, animal sidekick. Um, I renamed you. Shit. I, originally, I had renamed, I had given the name Piggly Wiggly uh, as a pig. Uh, but I think it changed it. In this last draft. Okay. Shit. What did I change it to? Um, oh, Schnitzel. Schnitzel? Schnitzel the, is a German pig. Uh, oh, schnitzel. <laughs> schnitzel. Oh. Uh, played by the king from Alice in Wonderland. Yeah. Okay. I'm a little biased as far as that movie goes. One of my favorites. Uh, and then I also made the stipulation I have to use the three, like the three big ones, right? Mm-hmm. Donald, Goofy, and Mickey. And Mickey, yeah. And the only like other part that was left... left was the sheriff. To Mickey's the sheriff? Mickey's the sheriff. Like, huh? 
our sandwiches. Make it easier on yourself. Make it a lot easier on yourself if you eat these. <laughs> Who's in the movie called Sheriff Glenn uh, Gene Freak? Yeah, his name is Gene Freak. We didn't yeah. talk about that. The names of these characters are wild. <laughs> um, so that that's that's who uh, <laughs> Mickey will be. Uh, then we have the evil priest mm-hmm. who looks like, um, oh man, what's, what are like, what's the, the country singer actor, um, he was in Amityville Horror, the original, and in Blade, um, oh, fuck. I, I have no idea. Anyway, there was, remember the time in our history, our American history, when like truck driving music wasn't like big rig, big rigs? Yeah. <laughs> That was a thing everyone was really into for a minute. Uh, yeah, um, I, I vaguely remember. He looks like one of those singers. Okay. Um, um, so I, I d- went as close as I could get. Um, oh, God. I can see his face. Anyway, I, I went with Pete for the evil priest. Pete for the evil priest. Yeah. Okay. I buy that. Yeah. It's killing me. I got to know I, who I gotta this know fucking too. Yeah. guy is God you're talking it. about. Um, I'm so mad. What what did you say he was he in? Was, he was in Blade as Wesker, Weskler, something like that. Uh, that's the the first, I think the first two movies actually. Chris Christopherson. Yes, Chris Christopherson. Oh, Jesus. yeah. I'm like, I know it's like a name that oh. like. Okay, I'm glad we figured that out. Yeah, that, oh I feel my god. So I, yeah, the priest kind of reminded me of like a younger Chris Christopherson. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I can see where and, you get that And now from. Pete's gonna have to play Chris Christopherson playing an evil priest. Yes. Um, good. I believe you can do it, Pete. Uh, and then our our <laughs> la- our last two characters we had the shopkeepers again we didn't really talk about too much, mm-hmm. um, which I've I've decided to have that split into two characters, um, played by both the March Hare and the Mad Hatter. They're both the shop owners. Oh, at the same time. I yeah. like that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that'd like, be a fun back and forth yeah. there. Like I just need some milk and eggs, and you just have those <laughs> There's two. Making like, it impossible. And I'm, like I'm sure the Dormouse is there too. Yeah, just, he's just, just fucking around fucking there around. somewhere. Uh, and then for the goblins, I I. Like, of course, I'm with the seven dwarves. Yeah. Like, they're just, it's just the seven dwarves eating and people eating who people turn to plants. Masks. Yeah. Right. Um, what about the boys? I, the, uh... I, yeah. I was like, I actually have the, the boys left. Um, so, Elliot's the main boy, right? Yeah. He's the one that's after Holly. So, this is the other human character. Um, okay. Uh, which I went with Baby Kurt Russell. Okay. I knew you were going to yeah. incorporate him yeah. somewhere. So, that makes sense. Absolutely. Um, then. Arnold, who was the one that turned into a tree. He's the, oh my God. Yeah. That's Prince Philip, who's from Sleeping Beauty. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, and then the, the like woman that's there for a hot second running through the woods, Snow White. Cool. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the one that goes to the grocery store, Drew, the one that goes to the grocery store gets chunky milk. Yep. Prince Charming, which is Cinderella. Okay. I think you see where I'm going with this. Yeah. And then Brent, who was the popcorn victim, is the prince from Snow White. And like they're all the same characters, and I I base they're them all kind of copy paste. Yeah, yeah. Um, their hair color is different. That's it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> however, and I've I've had this argument before. Prince Philip was the best of those OG princes. Okay. Because he danced with her. He did he actually like her. have a relationship with Aurora before. A relationship, right? right. We're using that term loosely, yeah. but I mean, there the... was at least prior <laughs> interaction. There was something. The prince literally was the uh, prince charming of Cinderella. Which is rewatched. There is a there is a point where you're like, I don't know what they're talking about because we're we're experiencing it through the other characters. Right. They're dancing, like maybe they're having a very deep conversation. They connect really well. Uh, but the prince from Snow White has no excuse. Like they just both sang into a well, and he's like, "You're hot, fourteen year old," and <laughs> she's like, "I'll see you tomorrow." And he's like, "You betcha." 
Um, so I, I gave Prince Philip the the most um, active of the three dudes because he's also the most active of the three. I think that's fair. Yeah, um, that was my logic. Uh, great. All right, so let's get it. Let's get into how this works. Let's. Uh, all right, so here we go, and th- this is more of a pitch rather than our full stories that we, we usually. Right, right, right. Um, yeah, the, yeah. We we can't. Again, we're not changing a lot about how this works. No. It's just this is essentially just what what how would this idea be pitched if it were a Disney adaptation? So, not to derail it again and again and again. Um, if if this were going to be like a full rewrite, I would make it about Joshua's grief grieving process with his grandfather. Sure. Um, yeah. but uh, we we we're not doing that. All right, <clears throat> so sell sell me on this. All right, so we open on a pearly white tome with a, this is live action, uh, <laughs> with the Troll 2 VHS cover embossed in gold. <laughs> Remember, I was like, what the fuck is that word? Yeah, I, was saying, I was wondering why you asked me what the fuck the word for embossing was. That <laughs> Linda were like laying beside each other trying to like figure out this fucking word. I'm like, Joe's going to know what it is. Um, yeah, so like <laughs> I've watched a bunch of the movies recently. Like, a lot of the older ones have like the storybook that will yeah. open up. Um, classic. The, like, the the VHS cover for Troll Two is actually pretty cool. It is. Yeah, um, I, I would agree with that. So like that, but on like a white, pearly white uh, tome, um, <laughs> with, like gold trim. <laughs> and it and open, you know, it opens by itself, uh, and it flips to the first page. Once upon is, a time. Yeah, I was like, once upon a time, and then you see like a watercolor of trolls peeking through shrubbery. Uh-huh. Uh huh. <laughs> and um, while this is happening, you have I wrote it down as a choir of wasps. But I mean, like, white Anglo-Saxon. Oh, gotcha. Cross. Okay. You're all right. caps wasps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Not a course of wasps. It's, like, <laughs> it's probably more appropriate. Uh, uh, they're singing, like, a melodic melodic song about those sneaky little goblins. Uh, so, like, as we move into the book, we have the voiceover from Grandpa, Merlin, uh, who tells the legend of goblins turning children into trees so they can be milked for their boy sap. <laughs> Sorry, I, just... I never want you to use the word <laughs> the phrase "boy sap" I again, <laughs> especially right before you're going to take a drink. Especially right, you you just you wanted a spit take. <laughs> I saw you taking a drink. I'm like, I'm not going to stop now. So I'm preparing myself to get sprayed. Oh, oh my Christ. god! Um, god, boy sap! Jesus Christ! We'll get more into it. Don't you worry. I know. <laughs> uh, scared, Josh talks to the reflection of his grandpa in the mirror. He is caught doing so by his father, played by Fred McMurray. Um, he was in a couple live-action Disney movies. I know him more from his, like, serious stuff. He was in Double Indemnity. Um, okay. He's a pretty good actor. Um, but also, he's, like, he's a 70s dad, 60s, 70s dad, so he has, like, no sympathy for his son. Um, so so uh, Fred, Fred McMurray, tells him to go to bed, turning out the light as he goes. Holly, who is super fucking shredded in this, uh, <laughs> argues with her. I'm calling them suitors at the window. Okay. So not just Elliot wants her, but all, all the princes. All the princes. Okay. Plus Kurt okay. Russell. <laughs> They're I all the way. Yeah, the Kurt Russell, like little baby Kurt yeah. Russell is just like friends with all these princes. I originally was going to have them be like his bros to like try to help him get it in with uh, with Holly. <laughs> I hate myself. Oh my uh, God, his wingmen. Yeah. But then I was like, ew. Wingboys? Uh, this is gross. It's yeah, a weird I thing don't, to think about. Um, but because of where the story goes, I, I shouldn't say. Anyway. Sure. Um, so the, the suitors, uh, three hungry princes and a charming Kurt Russell, vie for her affections. She tells them to fuck off. She doesn't need saving from no damned prince. Holly's father bursts in, shouting that he'll eat the balls of any boy he catches talking to his daughter. <laughs> they scatter. You know, 
I hate that line somewhat less if it's actually coming from the dad. Yeah. <laughs> Just, right? <laughs> you boys uh, get the fuck out of here. I'll eat your tiny little balls. <laughs> I just imagine like scattering with like a thing of smoke. I made it. <laughs> yeah, it's, just, it's just a Kurt Russell shaped right, smoke right, cloud. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Just>. <laughs> oh shit! So she she told she was told to go to bed. And here's where we get the um the I want song, right? Yeah, like in every music there has like, to, yeah has yeah. to be an I want song. Uh, so Josh wants his grandpa back, or more importantly, a family that accepts him for who he is. Just a weird little eight-year-old. Yeah. Um, Holly wants a man who is interested in more than her rippling pectorals in six six-pack. <laughs> Uh, while they're singing, uh, we are, we get intercut images of their father dancing with a picture of their dead mother, um, asking her what he should do for their out of control children. Cause it's a Disney movie. So the mom has to be dead. Well, of course. Yeah. Um, that's why Goofy's the mom. Th- this is probably why this is probably the biggest change I make to the story. Um, Donald and Goofy are actually their aunt and uncle rather than their parents. That's why you have Fred McMurray and dead mom. Okay. Um, which I'll get to right now. Uh, the following morning, having suffered another sleepless night due to the children's musical numbers, dad sends them to stay with his, their aunt and uncle in Latrobe, just outside of Veganvania. <laughs> like last night I was like trying to think of any, I, it was just like the first thing that popped in my head. Did you say Veganvania? Yeah. I, ch- I, I changed the name of the town you. as well. You were like this close to Vulcanvania again. I just I wanted to I was like, maybe I'll just make it like the next town over from <laughs> Vulcanvania. Um so so just outside of they live like just outside of Veganvania. Gotcha. In, in Latrobe. <laughs> I'm fucking tanning, but that's too close to Indiana. Um <laughs> So in, in Latrobe, uh there Holly will be away from boys and Josh will be away from the constant reminders of his grandfather. Okay. In my head, the grandfather like lived with them in the house. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, the children protest, but their father is firm, cramming the wailing children into the car. Hearing the cries of their beloved, the suitors give chase in their Winnebago to rescue rescue Holly and gain her love. <laughs> <laughs> I love the princes in this. I, I, um, I, I can feel their scenes being a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, it, they're all played by Chris Helmsworth. Except for Kurt Russell. <laughs> Helmsworth. Helmsworth. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Just Wow, I've done that every single time. <laughs> Helmsworth. Aunt and uncle take the role of the evil step-parents. Uh, after hellos, dad heads home, and Josh and Holly sit down to enjoy a meal, a meal Aunt Goofy spoons out. It's Impossible Burger. Like, six White Castle-sized Impossible Burgers? Damn, okay. Yeah. yeah. Little Impossible Sliders? Yeah. <laughs> that sounds really good. Uh, yeah, hell yeah, I'd get down on that. She explains that they were dropped off by the farmers who have just recently taken over residence in Veganvania. Grandpa Merlin tells Josh they can't eat the Impossible Burgers or they'll turn into trees. So something I should mention. So the the writer in the in the documentary best worst movie ever um, talks about the inspiration for this movie being <laughs> her friends were all becoming like vegan around the same time. Yeah, she says that all of her friends became vegetarian all at yeah. once, and, and it, it got on her nerves. Yeah. You know, because that's a rational right. reaction to other people's dietary choices. <laughs> so in this, I wanted to make the goblins and the witch evil vegans. Like, vegans are the most evil thing in the world. Okay. Um, like, I, since it's Walt Disney and it's this era, it would be like Russians and like communists. Yeah. So right like, along the same line. Yeah, like replace 19, 
uh, 50s communists with uh, vegans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those, 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 yeah. Those, are, those are parallels, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they, they function the same way. <laughs> so, so Grandpa Merlin's like, Pinocchio, Josh, you, they can't eat these burgers. Uh, so Josh pisses on the impossible burgers. <laughs> <laughs> Pinocchio, Josh, <laughs> pisses on, on the impossible burgers. Uh, Uncle Donald infirm, informs him he can't piss on hospitality. He won't allow he it. He won't allow it. No, I'm keeping that scene exactly as it. I wish I could do Donald's voice oh, well enough to like imitate yeah. that right now, but I, th- I'm, I'm sorry. Some, some fan someday will. <laughs> Send us a recording yeah. of you doing that. Please. So after that, we cut to the four suitors in the Winnebago. Uh, they break in the song, choreographed kind of like a, a bar drinking song. It would be like Gaston's song. Yeah, but, that's exactly what came to mind. Yeah. Uh, and the song is called Liberated Young Women. <laughs> <laughs> so they're like slamming their Mountain Dews like their beers uh, and they s- sing lyrics. So the lyrics make it clear that these men have only heard like hushed whispers of what a boob might look like. <laughs> Uh, outside the Winnebago and aroused by the suspicious bouncing, the goblins close in. Sweating and satisfied, Prince Philip goes out for a smoke. I kept all the homoerotic undertones. Sure. Yeah. Um, he spots Snow White, who is clearly not underage. Definitely not 14. Nope. Uh, desperate to have the sex, Philip gives chase through the woods only to have her turn into a goblin, which he is not entirely not into. Hmm. The goblins catch him and carry him away. At Goblin House, Philip suffers a uh, a polka number performed by the Rowdy Goblins. I wanted to... A polka number? Yeah. Well, I was thinking like something along the lines of like, everybody wants to be a cat, but with polka, and it's everybody wants to be a goblin. Okay. And less racist. It would have to be less racist yeah. <laughs> at that point. Uh, 1952? I doubt it. Uh, oh, I guess we're re- re- we're releasing this in the nineties, now, right? Right. Yeah. No. It, it, Slightly less racist. It would get it would get cleansed out by that point. Um, this ends abruptly when Goblin Goblin Druid Credence Corella arrives, chasing the goblins away from that poor boy, cradling Schnitzel, her pet pig. Uh, Credence Corella shows him the boy fo- the boy forest, uh, demonstrating that the de- so she demonstrates on a pre captured boy. Mm-hmm. Um, how you get a boy forest and her like pre-captured boys are the darling boys from Peter Pan it's Mike, oh, Mike and John oh no yeah <laughs> originally I had flounder and I was like no no I, don't, I really don't like flounder which is why don't spill my water like a cat <laughs> so she she feeds the, the boys impossible burgers and they become trees and Prince Philip beautiful beautiful like he belts beautifully oh my god <laughs> uh uh Holly asks the mirror on the wall who the fairest of them all. The face of her dead grandpa appears. She screams. He screams. Donald quack screams. (laughs) (laughs) So they switch rooms. (laughs) Yep. Grandpa tells Josh that he has to free the boys in the boy forest. If he doesn't, veganism will take over the countryside and the goblins will eat all the boys in the land. (laughs) Arriving at the woods, they encounter Prince Philip as a tree, his trunk tapped, pale green gag seeping from his faucet oh no yeah that terrified by the sight of a talking tree josh flees into the boy forest he screams they scream grandpa screams as josh collides with a goblin the goblin tells him that he has nothing to fear the other goblins call him fugly the friendly goblin which he is he really really is unlike the other goblins he eats meat specifically uncooked hot dogs straight from the package oh no (laughs) Josh tells Fugly that Grandpa wants him to stop the evil veganists. 
Fugly agrees to help. The following morning, in light of the piss incident, the pi- the piss incident. No, I I, I got it. <laughs> uh, Aunt Goofy has decided that they should all go to the new church in Veganvania, Our Lady of the Holy Quinoa. <laughs> when they enter, Josh is separated from them, so he may attend Sunday school while the adults go to mass. Um, which includes Holly. She's, she makes the cut. Somehow. Okay. Okay. Um, I actually don't know what the age cut is, but whatever. doesn't matter. Um, not important. Not important. Uh, as the sermon begins, the anti-meat rhetoric comes out. Donald wants to leave because he's not about that shit. <laughs> Aunt, Aunt Goofy tells Donald and Holly that they're, they're being bigots and that they need to respect these Mormons and their religion. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can't just go around discriminating against every Mormon you see, Donald. <laughs> Meanwhile, Prince Charming, that's um, Cinderella's prince, heads into town to gather protein for the remaining boys. There he meets the shopkeepers, the Mad Hare and the March Hatter. What? You just Little transpose boy. that? <laughs> yep. <laughs> the, the, the Mad Hatter and the March Hare. Woof. Um, <laughs> disgusted by his desire to pork for pork, they tell Charming to follow them in back in the back stock room where all the sausages are kept. Yep. It's a plot point for later. Uh, in Sunday school, Josh is surrounded by poorly disguised goblins in like their Sunday best. Mm-hmm. Uh, they break into a gospel song about uh, how eating bologna is like a one-way ticket to carnivore hell and in and, and the unholy meat sweats. The unholy meat sweats becomes very important. Um, with a mouth full of hot dogs, kind of like Slimer in the first Ghostbuster, uh, Fugly peeks through the window. <laughs> oh, God. So there's, there's a song in... Um, Prince, uh, Princess and the Frog, I think. Okay. By the, I think he's like a voodoo bad guy. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, he has a song, and I wanted to kind of be like that, but about goblins and their meat religion. I'm not a, I'm not a musical person. <laughs> uh, Donald, Goofy, and Holly decide it's time to go when the congregation begins tra- chanting uh, Hail Satan. Uh, <laughs> Get out. <laughs> Get the fuck I, that's out. That's not even mine. That's not even my... Uh, <laughs> I think was Scott when he moved to Portland, he found a right. I yeah. Uh, do you vaguely remember? The story? I do. I do. I, I they feel they like were I searching that. for like a, a vegetarian joint, and like the only place they could find with within walking distance was, was Hail Satan. Was Hail Satan, which is a half strip club, half food foodery restaurant, is what they call them. Um, <laughs> uh, Hail Satan! I'm imagining like the old old people in Rosemary's Baby. Screaming like "Hail Satan" and they're like high pitched old voices, but like "Hail Satan," it hurts. <laughs> I am I am so sorry. Uh, however, when they try to leave, Reverend Pete pushes uh, pushes for them to join him and his wife for dinner. She, uh, she'll want to meet the new parishioners. So in this, Pete and Creedence Corella are wed. Okay. Um, so there's more of a connection than just like we just have an abundance of villains. Um, Josh arrives back home. Fugly was sent by Grandpa to retrieve him. Once at the mirror, Grandpa Merlin tells Josh that he needs to save his family from the dinner uh, dinner date, dinner party. He climbs out of the mirror, giving Fugly and Josh a Molotov cocktail. Okay, so we're keeping that. Yes. That part's staying. Yeah, like, I imagine like a very like Wes Anderson scene where like all three of them are running through the woods, kind of like parallel to the camera, just like Molotov cocktail hold, held up. Yep. Um, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> the three unlikely heroes jog towards Goblin House. Inside Goblin House, we learn that Credence Cruella is Reverend Pete's wife, as I said. Yep. Uh, she serves an assortment of vegetables that, when looked at as a whole, are clearly Prince Charming. 
radishes for eyes, <laughs> oh, carrots no. for fingers, and a gorgeous mane of arugula. <laughs> uh, Molotovs in hand, Fugly, Josh, and Ghost Grandpa run into Kurt Russell. He's in the middle of like a love song, too. Sure. Um, about Holly. Uh, they explain what they're doing and how Holly's trapped in Goblin House, and Kurt tells them that they can't just rush into Goblin House. Um, they'll need a disguise. So we cut to Goblin House, where Creedence Corella explains that when she arrived in Vicanvania, the place was in ruins. It was called uh, Nilbog. Um, and it was it was crippled under the weight of late-stage capitalism. <laughs> uh, yes, this is timely for a movie coming out in the 90s and yeah. developed in the 50s. <laughs> it only gets worse. Uh, <laughs> when she and her husband arrived, they renamed the town, gave the goblins jobs as farmers, and allowed them to worship freely, so long as they worshipped vegan Jesus. Vegas. <laughs> that... That might be the word with the worst <laughs> mouthfeel I've ever, I've ever, ever come across. Yeah, I, I hated saying it. Uh, so there's a knock at the door. Uh, Pete answers to see what is clearly fugly on Kurt Russell's shoulders in a trench coat. Um, it's an oldie but a goodie. Uh, he claims to be Aunt Goofy's cousin. Uh, he, he thinks of like a name off the top of his head, uh, Tommy Wiseau. Uh, <laughs> He, so he shoulders himself past Pete and then sits by um, Holly. Uh, Holly is like instantly attracted to Tommy Wiseau, uh, much to the chagrin of Kurt Russell, who's the bottom half of the trench coat person. Yep. Um, and Fugly is like way into her too. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, Tommy Wiseau's chest asks that the windows be opened because it's it's really stuffy. Sure. Um, Donald, with a carrot finger, gets closer to dipping it in the green gack chip dip. Uh, the window opens and Josh yells, now grandpa chucks his Molotov, which hits, catches the table on fire, um, which is the vegetable prince screaming in agony as he is roasted to deliciousness. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> you just is... made it worse. Yeah. You made it way worse. Um, yeah, I'm getting hungry. Uh, mm -mm. <laughs> Josh, th uh, Josh's Molotov flies through the air, uh, or through the window hitting Pete who bursts into flame. There we go. <laughs> Kurt Russell blindly throws his. Which hits the wall, doesn't break, and rolls away harmlessly. Perfect. Yeah. In the ensuing chaos, the family scatters. But before they can escape, Grandpa Ghost is caught by Credence Cruella, who fires CGI lasers from her fingertips, which kill Grandpa Ghost. <laughs> um, I, d I definitely wrote myself into a, a corner, and I didn't know what to do, so I'm like, lasers. Yeah. yeah. Uh, hey, that is that makes about as much sense as anything <laughs> right. else that happens in Troll 2. Right. It was the, it was the most Troll 2-ian I felt during the writing process. And then lasers. Uh, <laughs> Fugly whispers, oh no, double dead's the deadest you can get. <laughs> Which is the most knife brickery I felt already. Yeah. It, it, double it dead's the deadest you can get. Uh, Josh Just... tries to run to his disappearing grandpa, but Holly pulls him away. Uh, everyone regroups the house. Sitting on the couch, Fugly talks, or Holly talks to Fugly, who's still in the coat, about grandpa. Sitting on the porch, Josh pouts. He has no grandpa no, and no Molotov cocktails. Oh, Yeah. Uh, Goofy and Donald sit enjoying the chip dip Donald snag on the way out. Searching for her husband's killers, Credence Cruella finds the absolute beefcake, the prince from Snow White, in the Winnebago. Having been years since being pleasured by a man, she seduces the prince. They make sweet, sensual popcorn. Oh, God. <laughs> uh... Yeah. Uh, going back inside, Josh finds Donald and Goofy have become trees. They, yeah. They, they, yeah. 
They had to, they had to dip. Yeah, don't do that. Uh, more desperate than ever, Josh means to give up. It's then that Fugly remembers that Grandpa left him a gift, something so terrible that it only is to be used if all else fails. Before it can be revealed, there it is interrupted by a shotgun blast. Outside stands Sheriff Mickey. He tosses, Sheriff Mickey freak. <laughs> yes. Uh, he tosses a sack of Impossible Burgers onto the porch, saying it'll go easier on everyone if they just eat the Impossible Burgers. In- oh. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, inside, Fugly finishes off his pack of hot dogs. <laughs> Using his... That's a sentence. <laughs> Fugly finishes off his hot dog, pack of hot dogs. Using his meat sweat magic, he pulls the old switcheroo. <laughs> his meat sweat right. magic? Right, well, because I didn't... the. I didn't want to bring their grandpa back because I needed I needed somebody to actually like right. stay dead. Right. So um, he's already been an instrument of grandpa's from the beginning. So. Right. So it it comes down to Fugly to figure out how to do the old switcheroo. So he pulls a Popeye with some uncooked hot dogs yeah. to get the meat sweats. I, I specifically remember going to Coney Island and getting the meat sweats after eating some like Nathan's hot dogs. And it was like the Were middle you of eating summer. Eating them raw. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> mommy, I have salmonella. <laughs> Uh, There's so, also the name of the guy who gave me these. Hey, he wants some mustard. <laughs> uh, so Josh and Fugly are exchanged for Schnitzel the Pig. I justify this because it's like a weight distribution thing. Uh, okay. Fugly's, or uh, Schnitzel's very fat. It's um, a pig. It's a big, big, big pig. Pigs get big. Uh, just as Sheriff Mickey and the goblins burst into the house. Now in Goblin House, Josh summons the courage and with the help of Fugly, crams the bologna sandwich in Credence Corella's mouth. Oh. Which makes way more sense to me, at least. Well, I mean, yeah, it, it makes absolutely zero right. sense for somebody else yeah. eating a sandwich <laughs> to kill them. Right. Um, she, she is overcome with so much meat sweats that she bursts into a puddle of hot dog water. Her spell is broken. <laughs> the boy Forrest turns into just plain boys. Holly, who was bested by the goblins in hand-to-hand combat is over- overtaken by the sheer numbers. Uh, it is then that the goblins' eyes clear, revealing that they are no longer evil vegans. I kind of want them to have, like, anime eyes. But sure. Yeah. Okay. In the aftermath, Fugly, still in raincoat, trench coat, admits to Holly that he's been lying. He's actually a goblin on the shoulders of Kurt Russell in raincoat. She pulls him from the raincoat and plants a kiss on him. This breaks uh, a spell... Uh, he becomes a normal fugly boy. <laughs> <laughs> they make out as Kurt Russell walks off into the sunset. Oh, Kurt, no. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't know. It was kind of like a, a loose thread. I didn't know what to do with him. That's fair. Yeah. Um, no, he just kind of, he kind of loses in this one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in the epilogue, we learn that Holly has inherited the, the crowns of the two dead princes who had never stopped loving her. This makes Josh a prince. And as Josh is a male... He has first right to the throne. He does away with late-stage capitalism, converting the land to the serf system, the free boys, his royal court, and the goblins subjugated to work the land. Holly and Fugly wed as the words, everyone lived happily ever after, fade from view. The end. Jesus fucking Christ. (laughs) Jack, what did you just do? I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I don't. I don't even have words to. to uh, like, are we just done? Is the podcast over now? Because I, I don't know what the fuck we just did. That <laughs> I can't. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
It's a Disney classic, right? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait for them to put in the like hot dog water slip and slide. I... <laughs> <laughs> like the Magic Kingdom. Oh, God, you keep bringing up hot dog water. Yeah. That's all, like, I, I'm getting, like, olfactory, like, hallucinations <laughs> of just, like, boiled hot dog water. It's the worst. It's terrible. I will say this. I think you have found a way to take this movie <laughs> and get it nominated for a Razzie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you think, know what? You're, you're, you're right. I think that's what, I think that's what you just did. <laughs> is... <laughs> Holy fuck. I'm so sorry, sorry, Kurt Russell. I just, you lost in this one, bud. I'm sorry. Yeah. Just, I mean, thank, thank God, you have a fruitful career, uh, career outside yeah. of this. Whew. Um. So, so what'd you think? It was entertaining. It was. Uh, I think you you maintained a lot of the um, a lot of the plot and a lot of the uh, the key core moments of the uh, of of well the most memeable moments of right. the film certainly uh the <laughs> i can't i just can't stop like hearing things in goofy's voice running through <laughs> my head here i just oh i i think i didn't quite nail the disnification of it no i i don't i don't i don't think so either but the because I, 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 I think a full disnification of it would not be like a who framed roger rabbit style like, right like uh like all stars casting of uh yeah. of the film it would like they would all like the entirety of the of the existing movie would all be unique animations yeah. i think um but the the additions of things like schnitzel and uh and fugly <laughs> are God, uh, i love that character <laughs> <laughs> fugly fugly was fun i enjoyed fugly uh i think <laughs> i don't thing is i don't know if this would have um Furthered the Dark Ages for the, for the for Disney. I just expanded the Dark Ages <laughs> well into the nineties. Like, tanked the Renaissance. Oh, shit. Just, he has oh. the Little Mermaid in one hand and Troll Two in the two other. The other. And you're like, well, Walt did say he wanted to do this. That's what Kurt Russell said. Kurt swore that this is what this is Walt his last word on his deathbed. I. I don't know. Roy swore it wasn't true, but he's not around anymore. I guess we take him at his word. I just and and I think what happened was Jeffrey Katzenberg got his hands on that, and that's what became Shrek. <laughs> <laughs> you know what this is missing? Smash Mouth. <laughs> if I'd thought about it, it would have been in there. <laughs> Holy jeez! Oh, fucking um, hell. Well, uh, it's it's been a fun day of podcasting. So that's that's a thing that you all just experienced. Uh, thank you for listening. Uh, please do listen again. For the love of God, we we our our show's not normally like this. No, this is not a good example of what we normally do. But it's like we said, it's the spooky season. We wanted to do some. We wanted to do some fun stuff that is out you know outside of the norm for us. Uh, and we are. To be fair, we're also gearing up for a really it was going to be a very trying episode of our normal format. Uh, yeah. So we we really wanted to we wanted to get some levity and some goofiness out uh, before that. So if if you liked what you heard, you'll like it even more. Normally, um, <laughs> share it with your friends, share it with your enemies, share it with your mom <laughs> and dad. Um, 
Share it with your priest. Share it with your grocer. Share it with your, uh, your mailman. You know what? Say your, hi to your mailman. Say hi to your mailman. Tip your mailman. They um, honestly, you probably should. You you can subscribe and follow and download us uh, all the places yep. you can find podcasts. You can you can favorite us in Anchor. You can uh, you can subscribe and follow in uh, in, you, in Spotify, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you find your podcasts. Uh, please 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 rate and review the show on uh, Apple Podcasts or Podchaser or wherever else you can rate. Uh, those help us pop up in search algorithms much better, uh, so that so more people can discover us. And we'll be sure to we'll be sure to razzle dazzle you. <laughs>